Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another week of the Sport Project. Now it's just a lads' night out this evening. Renee, poor, poor the poor girl's sick. She's lost her voice, and so many people will be happy about that. But not us. <laughs> we wish she was here. It is, in course. Now it's just myself, Carlo Napolitano, and Sasha Milzarek. How did I go with the surname, boss? Milkrate. Actually, really well. Hey, I thought you were going to say Milkrate. I usually do, but you know, with everything that's happening now and getting people's names wrong, it's becoming a bit of a thing, so I thought I'd put the effort in. Thank you. You're welcome. How are you, lads? You're all good? Good as gold, mate. We've got a fun-packed show for you tonight. We've got everything. We've got golf. We've got rugby league. The Premier League is coming back. We can't wait for that. There's boxing fights being signed all over the world, which we just cannot wait for. There's basketball. There's jokes. There's everything. And there's Carlo. The butt (laughs) of the whole joke is Carlo. Now, what I'm going to do, lads, I'm going to kick you off with something I know you follow intensely. Foxy Boxy. No? No. Uh, and it's not Jello wrestling either, Carlo, with naked chicks and that. Because I know yeah, you I was follow gonna that. I going to say chicks on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, gravy, gravy wrestling, but right, anyway. And if anybody sees Sasha's head just drift off to the side, he's scrolling on Instagram because he's still looking, ladies. If you're listening, fishing, and, um, fishing, mingle, ready to mingle, get around me. Seriously, and no, you're can you please get around me? Now, gentlemen, I know you watched the Charles Schwab challenge, didn't you? Yeah. You watched the golf comeback. You watched it. What did you think of it, Carlo? Yeah, I thought it was really interesting. Which bit? The plate with, where he hit the ball off the, he hit the ball off the tee and um, it landed. It didn't land on the fairway that one, Carlo. You reckon? I think it did. Chris, tell tell us what happened. No, all right. I, look, I, I'm I'm going to fill you in. Yeah, look. cool. It was. <laughs> it was four. It was four actually incredible days of golf. It, it really was very interesting. All the big dogs were back. Um, Rory McIlroy, Justin Rose, Bubba Watson, Jordan Spieth. They're all there. And coming out the back end of, of day three, they're all in there in contention. So mm-hmm. you can imagine the excitement from everyone that in, going into round four, you've got McIlroy there on ten under, you've got Spieth on nine under, Justin Rose on eleven under, and the leaders on twelve under, uh, thirteen under. It was yeah. absolutely. Brilliant, brilliant to watch, and we just expected. Do you know when you expect someone with that kind of clinical experience and that um, really cutthroat kill all and just win it, like the likes of McElroy, the likes of Spieth, you never really thought anybody else had a chance of winning that round of golf. Now, the purse is worth seven and a half million, so you can understand why. Was the crowd there? No crowds. No crowds. Still, absolutely no crowds. But coming into it, Xander Schaffel is playing some absolutely incredible golf, but he got a little bit of the Sam Stolzer effect. He got a little bit of the, 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 the bit of the choking on, on round four. And that really opened everything up for Rose, um, Watson, Spieth to chase him down. McElroy had an absolute nightmare. He shot five over in the last round and finished, and finished the whole game six under. So he, he didn't do too well. As a young, two young fellas that ended up in a playoff after 18 holes. Daniel Berger and Colin Ma- Marakawa. Right. Is, uh, yeah, some phenomenal golf being played between those two. Um, but let, let me to the point, I'm thinking, Marakawa is such a strong surname. Can you imagine his parents just sitting around going, what are we called? What are we going to call Junior Marakawa? Colin. Let's call him Colin. A little belting <laughs> name, that. Anyway, they also ended up in a playoff game, and Daniel Berger did get the best of it. Colin Marakawa kind of um, choked a little bit. But it wasn't just the highlight of the round. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know if you follow Bryson DeChambeau. He's... Um, incredible American golfer. He set out at the end of last year, and what he wanted to do was, he wanted to put as much weight and as much power on as he could. He really wanted to see how much he can test this ball and really drive it. His average on the tour last year was like 294 yards off the tee. 
He's put right. 20 kilos on in nine months. He's a big boy. He's a, he's a very, very big boy. And Should I say muscle? Should I say muscle? Of, is the, yeah, yeah, mate. The back on him is, is, is a big fella. And he's averaging off the tee 345 yards. So he's probably Literally like 55. pretty much another 50. He's 110 kegs now. And he's a big, solid man. And he's put it all in nine months. And now Colin Montgomery is coming out and saying, oh, what are we going to do with this guy? He said, because... All the classical courses aren't really made for someone that's driving the ball that far or hitting the ball that far. So it's going to, if, if the conversation was, if players continue to increase their power, increase their driving distance like he has, what are you going to do with all these beautiful classic traditional courses? Dogs like, dog legs. Well, everything is dog legs. You've got to really challenge them, have you? And then, well, but then the players that, that the- are hitting that long aren't really going to turn up at the more challenging courses. And we don't really want that, do we? No, no. Did Tiger play? No. And it was Seven and a half million. He can't be asked with that. Yeah, He's yeah. wedged. Is that the Tiger King or? Oh. <laughs> he Sorry, I tuned out for the last Carol five minutes. Hey. I tuned out for five minutes. He didn't play yeah, either. Yeah, all right. Anyway, really interesting round of golf, which I can clearly see on your, on your face and the feedback you've given me. I was thinking of me. one word and it was going boring. <laughs> oh. But no, 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 it's good. The Keep worst thing is, is that he's put a lot of effort into that. Hey, there are a no, lot of No, no, he did. He did. There are a lot of facts. And you know what? I wrote, I, would it, all, I wrote it down and everything. I would be all over golf, but I, I'm just not this week. I'm sorry, mate. But Rory McElroy was awful. He's not been he's not been good for about five years, is he? Oh, well, the, the first three rounds he was, he was 10 under going into the final round and it just didn't really work for him. Everything was kind of off. You could see the frustration on his face. He was, he was just not necessarily very happy to be there. But incredible challenge it was. It was, it was great to see the players back out there, and it's awesome to see golf back on the TV. It gives me one more addiction to be obsessed with, and one more reason for Sarah to be pissed off at me because I'm controlling the TV with absolutely everything. Racing so, on Monday. Correct me if I'm wrong, Chris. While we're on the golf. That's the Tiger Woods, Peyton Manning, and Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady matches, and on a Monday. That's already been and gone. That we talked about this two weeks ago. You not right. Right. Great to see he's a part of this show. <laughs> and who, that who we, won we, that? So we actually did a segment on it for fifteen minutes. True story. Yeah. <laughs> True story. <laughs> That's the best. Did you listen to anything? Yeah, mashed anything? potatoes. Mashed yes. Contribution. Here he goes, squirrel. How about this then? I'll tell you what, I'll switch you from golf because you've clearly no interest whatsoever in golf. (laughs) How about a little bit of horse racing? Come on. Yes, great. Excellent. Yes. Yeah. Well, well, there's there's been plenty of great horse racing going on and it's even going to continue tonight. But before I get in tonight and the terms of what's happening at Royal Ascot, Mm -hmm. five-day festival starts there tonight in the UK. Carlos confused as ever. (laughs) <laughs> but remember we did a segment a couple of weeks ago and we spoke about Chautauqua. Remember Chautauqua? Yeah, the one who'd never come out of the yep. barriers. Refused to leave the barriers in the Grey horse. Cle- Grey horse. Yep, yep. Clearly indicated she had enough. That, that was it. I don't want to run anymore. Well, took the path of being a show horse just based on her beautiful looks and the way she trots around. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it seems to be a bit of a thing. So there's um, a, a Godolphin horse called Hartnell. Huey Bowman yeah, yeah. Road. Hartnell. Yeah. Yep, well, Hartnell's recently retired as well. Um... And decided to take the same path based on beautiful looks alone is now not going to go and have a spell in a retirement village he's going to go and be a show horse so good luck to you hartnell and, and and all of all of the people involved if carlo you as a horse do you think mm-hmm. you would have be- 
I would be getting my service fees well up there, let me tell you, son. I can't tell you much, but I'll tell you that. He'd be a good paddock by the looks of him. Whoa, 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 whoa. No mirrors in your house, Gru. Come on. No, I've taken them all out a long time ago. That solution's been good to you, hasn't it, Doug? Hey? <laughs> I've got yeah. a problem with my feet. Keep taking me to the fridge. I don't know what it is. No, I heard he did but go for a, a run. Uh, once in isolation, I think he ate some bad food and ran to the toilet and shit himself, didn't he? Yeah, that was about, that's about as far he as, it, as it got, mate. He was fucked. It was either yeah. that or he ran to me, the Deliveroo driver. <laughs> hey, come on, boys, you got feelings. Yeah, mm. we don't care about him right now. No, no, and, we don't. And you remember you remember the beautiful horse, Black Heart Bat? Yes. Yes. Yes, you do. The name rings a bell. He's just retired too. And um, just just some really interesting facts about him. He got so, he was sold to his current owners for twenty thousand dollars in an online purchase. He then went on to make four point eight million in prize money. Wow! Yeah, and, and there was a consortium from Western Australia that bought him, and he also had the option to go and retire with all the other beautiful racehorses. But um, the guys in Western Australia love him that much. When you turn 20,000 into 4.8 million, it's fully understandable why. So they've kept him in Western Australia so he can just chill around there and just, um, and, and all of his former owners can go and visit him. Good. I think that's a beautiful story, isn't that, Carl? Yeah, it was. Mm. It was. Yeah. And you can, you've, got, you've got to pay respect to, to the retired horses because they, they, obviously they've, they've done a lot for the, for the sport and, it, and it's great to see that they do retire in. Yeah. Um, and, and we should, we should get one on the show them. once. That'd be good. Mm. Hey, Carlo, when you retire, do you think anyone will want to keep you or are you just gone? Nah, I'm glue gone. factoried up, aren't I, really, to be totally honest. Uh, it be as interesting as the horse interview anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on from that, it is, of course, Royal Ascot. That kicks off tonight. It's a five-day carnival. And once again, there's going to be no crowds there. It's, it's going to be really Royal baffling. Ascot, mad, that. Oh, now, now, we all know Her Royal Highness the Queen is an avid horse race fan. She, 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 owns, she still rides now at a ripe old age and, and she does she still <laughs> and she's have you got a number actually <laughs> she's on Instagram scroll um, and, <laughs> and do you know what for, for, the, for the first time in her 68 year reign as queen this is the first time she won a 10 royal ascot but the rumours are she's going to now she's got the hang of this video calling and zooming people apparently she's going to zoom in on day one so we you bloody Philip in the background. You're Hello there, Queenie. <laughs> <laughs> That's my Philip impression. Is it? Bloody hell, woman. Can you, can you imagine, you know, you, you know what Royal Ascot's famous for? Top hat and tails, also yeah. glamorous. Royal families from all over the world flying. You get the sheikhs from Dubai and the Middle East and they all come in and who's who of racing and who's who's of, of everyone is at Royal Ascot. Now, for the first time in... I don't know, maybe the history of it, there's not going to be a single person there. And the jockeys all wear face masks as well while they ride. So I think, it, I think it's, an incredible, it's an incredible feat for them to get racing up and running in England. Because mm -hmm. we do know England's in a, it's, it's one of the worst countries yeah, at the countries moment because of COVID-19. But the fact they've actually got it up and running, it's still going to go ahead, I think is quite brilliant. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think horse racing uh, as a sport all over the world has done really, really well to to continue uh, racing. Uh, everywhere, more or less every sport has stopped and racing never did. So, you know, you got to take your hat off to uh, to, to the organisers to get that under control and, and, and can keep a sport from uh, continuing. I thought it was really good. To be honest, you know, if they, they score more points than the other team, I'll probably win the game, so... Yeah. <laughs> Speaking hey. of scoring more points on the other teams, Sasha, what, what have you got? Have you got any form of good input for this show? 
Uh, look, I had a couple of good suggestions, but it appears we've spoken about these two weeks ago. Uh, what would it well, be? Well, I'd, I'd like to talk about basketball. So when I was scrolling the internet, there was um, this interesting story about a seven-foot high school student called Chet Holmgren. Now, a video's gone viral of him basically owning Steph Curry at a basketball camp. So young high school student comes from, I don't know how the proper pronunciation for basketball terms, but from right court, front center, and he's um, he goes up in front, in front of uh, Steph Curry, and he does this right hand through the left leg, split, left ball, arm around the back, crossover right hand, and then shoots for the net and then dunks on Steph Curry. Like he's seven foot, he's a high school student, and just purely owned one of the best players in the game. I can't believe basketball is one of your segments that you've got to research every week, and that's your terminology that you've just come out with. Crossover yeah, well, around the back, through the ears. Crossover through the mm. left leg. I think that's the, the technical term, yeah. Oh, oh, what did, did he just stand up to Steph Curry and go, in Don't your me. face? Yeah, he, he fell over a little bit, and people were just, you know they carry on a bit in basketball, and they run on the court, and they're like, oh, shit. Mm. You know? I'm not yeah, generalising, just, well, sort of him, but, um, Did yeah, that bit happen? It was very interesting. Did the other news. I was gonna just gonna say as, as before we move off it. Is he is he a draft? What what where's he? At? Is he high school? So high he's school. not. So yeah. he, he's, high school goes into the draft. College. Oh no, that's it. High school, college, yeah. then draft. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah got it. So you know, NBA's got to get their eyes on old Chet, and um, it'd be interesting to watch his development. To be honest, I'm going to forget about him straight after this segment, hey, and we're never going to bring him up again. But <laughs> oh, he can't um, be it was a good Chet. segment. In other news, Ben Simons has come back. Have you seen him after the Rona? Have you seen that? Mm, he's looking lean, he's isn't he? He's a monster too. Like he's just feeling, he's filled right out. He's been in the Kath and Kim, just doing the Rocky Boulders, the Warwick Farms, the Hawks Nest, the Ned Kelly, the Gary Jack, the uh, Ham and Eggs. He's um he's really come a long way in, in the off season, so um get around him. He's getting looking big, looking large in charge. Have a captain cook, get around him, but there there is games left on the basketball, is that right? Uh there is. So we spoke about this last week, I think. But um, Disney they're going to Disney World. They're going to Disney like. World in Florida. So I think there's twenty two teams and they will be starting at the end of July. Uh, and finishing up around October for a final series. So all the NBA players will dawn on Disneyland. They'll stay there, they'll eat there, and they'll play there. Yeah, So wow. Can you imagine the fun that would be? Oh, it'd be mint. Imagine if you're the kid walking around with popcorn, and there's this LeBron going, yo, son, can I have some popcorn? I don't know if that is. Is he from Mexico? I don't know. Is he from Mexico all of a sudden? Hey, can I have You want some popcorn? Oh, you like I said, you know. I'm not generalizing, but there you go. <laughs> yeah, look, accents aren't a strong point of mine, um, <laughs> but it would be pretty cool if you're a young kid. And uh, yeah, mate. So what, what's happening in the F1? Moving swiftly on. Well, look, not much has happened in the F1. Um, a few of the drivers are getting behind the Black Lives Matter movement, which is uh, which is great. Like Daniel Ricciardo is sort of heading that up with Lewis Hamilton. Watch that. But my um, mine's really a segment for you guys. I was actually having a look at um, some F1 stuff today and, and then the Schumacher stuff come around. So Schumacher's set to get stem cell um, operation again. And the doctors that, you know, I don't know much on it. We, I, don't, I guess no mm. one really knows the full story and... Um, but there are doctors out there that are saying he is in a conscious state. But my question to you guys is like, you know, what sort of state could he be in? It's it's 2013 that he was injured. Just to, just to paint injury. a picture though, just to paint a picture for the listeners, what happened in 
2013, he was skiing. He, he was involved in a skiing accident, that's correct, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. And he, he hit a tree and uh, was comatose and was in a coma for, for a considerable amount of months. Uh, we could not, even still be in a coma. Like, no one really knows. Yeah, well, that's yeah. the thing. No one's actually heard of... Mm. They say he's come out of the coma, but yeah. no one's actually heard. No one's given any kind of game away, which is... Which is yeah, it's good, but it's also bad because you know people and, and yeah, uh, people just don't know how to. Best F one driver of all time, basically, and he's you know he's driving the car at four hundred and eighty thousand kilometers an hour for how many years, and then he goes skiing and falls over and hits his head. He's wearing a helmet as well, and um, you know seven years later, there's talk about it. He's conscious, but if you, you've been laying in bed and you're not doing nothing for seven years, like God, I was seeing what shape you've been in. Fucking, you've just been at home for two months. it's it's really funny isn't it that you know like you say is at high speeds in training in competition in races in everything for so long i mean at the top of his game for so long it's a it's a tree on a a ski slope that takes him out like steve Irwin, isn't it you know with the crocodiles and everything else and it's a stingray that gets him in the end you just never know you never never do know he phoned me like five times in ten minutes. Is Steve Irwin really dead? Aren't yet dead? Is he in Arab? Is, 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 is he Pakistan? <laughs> is it, you can't oh. even impersonate your dad. Is the same? Hey. Is the same? Hey. Yeah, good the Steve Irwin's dead. We should just start a podcast full of accents. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, you couldn't believe it, my dad. But yeah, I know what you're saying. It's uh, it's yeah, it's, it's mad. He's been wrestling crocodiles all his life, and he. He's having yeah. a picture. He's actually doing a documentary on stingrays or the open ocean and, and, get, and gets gets killed by a stingray. Amazing. Crazy. Crazy. It's going to be a good talking point because yeah, he's seven years and he hasn't been seen, so he's obviously not too mobile. Um, anyway, I wish him all the best. We used to love him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, like a real shame. It's a real shame. But it's, it's, it's been one of the best kept secrets ever, hasn't it? You know, yeah. his family have no one knows never disclosed anything. He's in a very private hospital. Um, all self-funded, if I recall too. Well, so. he's got enough yeah, dough. We can deal with that. We can probably buy yeah. a hospital. It's probably a Seven hospital. Seven years on life support and all the rest of it. All the doctors, like you'd be, you'd be running low, wouldn't you? Mm. Uh, maybe, maybe. Uh, hey, some uh, good news, though, on. lads. Carlo, Carlo, what have you got for us, mate? You're leaving the podcast. <laughs> the EPL. <laughs> EPL, oh, the soccer style. Yes, yes. Got, Did you know Cristiano Ronaldo? Cristiano, is that the right? Cristiano Ronaldo. Cristiano. Cristiano. Said to be the first billionaire soccer player. I know we already spoke about that three weeks ago, but there you go. Continue. And moving swiftly on. Now the the soccer actually starts tomorrow. EPL, uh, Sheffield United versus Aston Villa, and Man City versus Arsenal. So um, it's uh, it's going to be it's going to be quite weird. I've been watching the Bundesliga, um, and they've got all this artificial noise. It was crazy when it started. There was no noise, so you could actually hear the players chant, you know, shouting and uh, move mm. over there and go follow him. And, and I thought it was an interesting insight to to how the players communicate because you can never hear them obviously with a the crowd there. And then. As the weeks have gone on in the Bundesliga, there's more artificial noise. So if someone just misses, it's like someone presses the button and they go, ooh. So apparently <laughs> the noise has been taken from, from FIFA, you know, the, the computer game. <laughs> They've all got their own, because uh, in the FIFA, all the own stadiums. So if you played at Borussia Dortmund, you have the Borussia Dortmund fans in, in the game. So they've took them back the bank of that information and then they've they've programmed it and someone's standing there pushing buttons. So if they miss, if they score, yeah, <laughs> it's mad. That's it's pretty crazy. Weird. 
What are your thoughts on that? I know we've had it in a few sports around here. Do you know, it's been quite creative how clubs have come up with, you know, bridging that gap between having a full stadium and absolutely nobody. Um, the can noise is one of them. The cardboard cutouts is another. Mm. You know, they're slowly letting people in. There was the, um, the, the European Soccer League that put TVs all the way down the touchline and behind the, the goals. Yeah. And they had Zoom, people zooming in to watch the game live from the touchline. So there's, there's been some quite creative some quite creative thought process here what are your thoughts on all of it i think it's great because I, I look when covid first started and they got rid of all the crowds and you watched a game of nrl for instance it, it was really bizarre didn't have any atmosphere you, you didn't know if anyone was you know when people make a line break there's a lot of people cheering and all the rest of it so you go well has he made a line break or did the ref just pull that up or it was quite confusing but i think it's really good that they've made the most of it they've got the cardboard cutout so you've got a little bit of atmosphere there so it doesn't look like empty stands you've got a little bit of noise in the background which as a viewer from tv from, from my experience anyway it's um it's actually quite good to watch um you still get that sort of vibe and that atmosphere and when you you know in the next room you can sort of hear it and it's um yeah i like it i think it's good I actually, I must admit though, I, I did enjoy listening to the players, listening to the direction on the field. I think obviously we've all played a, a sport, a professional sport, and uh, you know there's a lot of communication that goes on. We know that, but to the avid listener who's never played that sport at that level, I think they don't understand how much communication actually goes on in a professional game. So mm. I, I, it was amazing. You could hear the, you actually hear the the ball being kicked, you know, how it was being kicked and it, it was interesting. So uh, even though I like the artificial noise, it was good to have a couple of weeks without it. Yeah, I remember the AFL, a couple of the, they interviewed a couple of the players and they said, how, how are you, you know, adapting to there being a, a full stadium at the MCG to all of a sudden being no one? And his, his open comment was, he said, I quite like it. He says, we can hear each other calling, we know where the ball's meant to be. Normally when the crowd is just reverberating and all you can hear is noise, you've got no idea who's screaming your name or screaming for the ball. He said, now we can actually hear it. He said, so it's a fair bit better in that respect. I'm sure the clubs don't agree with that when they're losing out over cash <laughs> hand and fist, but he, he seemed to like it. He was, he was all right with it. Now... Um, we, we know we've got the Premier League coming back and Carlo and I are avid Manchester United fans and so yeah. are you, Sasha. No, I actually am. Hey, if I support someone, it is Manchester United. Good well, that's good because there's a beautiful story coming out of there, a young up-and-coming superstar. Well, actually, that's not the correct title for him. He's an absolute superstar already. Marcus Rashford. Now, he's in the, in the lockdown. He took it upon himself to <clears throat> raise money to get the, the free school meals to continue while the kids were out of school. Uh, they're coming from families that can't necessarily afford to, to feed their children. So while they are in school, the, the school meals are free. They don't have to pay for it all as part of a government subsidisation. Anyway, the conversation from the government was they're going to stop that. So Marcus Rashford, 22 years old, took it upon himself to have a fundraiser and, and raise money for the kids that can't really help themselves or the families that can't help the children. He raised 20 million wow. in lockdown Shit. to go towards it all. That's not enough. He also learnt sign language so we could judge a poetry competition in a school. He's 22 years old, so now's probably a really good time, fellas, to have a look in the mirror and ask yourself, what the fuck have you actually done in lockdown? Carlo, we can see can what see. you've done. can see yeah, what I've done. Well, well, everybody else. <laughs> what yeah, have the, you the done? The camera puts £10 on you. How many cameras have you got on you? <laughs> <laughs> well, that one. Heard it. That's and amazing. That's it, absolutely it, amazing. It really is. And they came to him, they said... Um, what, what made you go down this path and what made you choose to, you know, help these kids out? He said, look, I'm just a, a young black man who's 
had the right support group around me and loving caring family and a loving caring um, community and environment and without them I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now living my dream making earning uh, good money from a career that I absolutely love and he said I just want to give that back to everybody else he says it's um it, it, it's not charitable he said it's just humanity so Sing- again do you know a- a- everything he says just seems to take boxes and he just mm. seems to be like a, a, an absolute gem of a blow because yeah. well as an incredible yeah, soccer player I agree. I think, I think every maturity. every time you every time you hear him talk, it's you know he's 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 very um, very he's articulate. He's well spoken. Yeah, he's like articulate. He's, he knows. He's just very humble. He's, what I'm trying to look for is uh, the word I was looking for was grounded. He just seems very very grounded. You know, he's very humble. Um, a good Manchester lad as well. So you know, it's, and he was given an opportunity by Jose Mourinho. Uh, I remember against Arsenal, he scored two goals. His debut, and, and um, yeah, it was. He's it, never it was looked amazing. back. He's never, He's never looked, looked back. back. Unbelievably and, and selfless at that age too. Like twenty-two. Really what was you doing us. at twenty-two? What was you? What, what was you? Well, doing? the way I would articulate myself was usually at Mooseheads, and those for you guys who were uh, listening, it's a shitty pub in Canberra, and mostly you would get out of me would be. Mooseheads. <laughs> I remember Mooseheads. God. Usually ends up in a read and write every night, doesn't it? As well, <laughs> it more does, than yeah. lightly, more than yeah. lightly. Hey, some more good news uh, from the community, just local community uh, soccer or uh, football. Um, the Port Kemble Pumas, who uh, I've signed for, we've got our first game back on July the fourth. Just been confirmed. Guess who's day. back? I'm like a little fat Yam Mulber. Come on! <laughs> Can't wait. Looking Just forward to the first game. Standing in front of the goals. No way the ball's getting through. Yam Mulber had a percentage of talent. I think whoa, there's the whoa, difference whoa, there. Whoa, 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 no, no, Carlo is. I, I, I did come down. So I saw, uh, Carlo invited me down to watch him play in um, in a game <laughs> once, and he kept asking me to go, and I said no. And one day, I, I obviously had absolutely nothing to do. So I went down to watch him, and he was, he plays over 40s soccer. And no disrespect to all his 40s soccer at a certain league, but I've seen milk turn quicker than Carlo. <laughs> That's it. I don't have yeah. to, you don't have to, t- I don't have to turn when I get it at my feet, I just ping it. Ping, it look, ping, It looked like Barton's, it looked like a swing bridge turning. You should have seen it, it was, it was the best thing I've ever seen. He just, I don't think he moved out the centre circle once. He demanded the ball to. at his feet. He wasn't running three yards to get it. He went, no, nah, no, nah, nah. play it to my feet. To my feet. Hey. And, and, and his um, oh. distribution, as he calls it, was a, a fair bit to be desired, no, 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 isn't it, It was it, quality. It was quality. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. <laughs> but 4th of July I quite like it here I Independence like it. Day Tell Independence me about Day. the best goal you've ever scored Oh well, there's been a few That's a lie Alright let's move on a, half, uh, a free kick from a halfway once But hey. <laughs> That's definitely a lie You were playing by yourself No 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 uh, Anyway, anyway Moving guessing, on And I'm, moving on, and I'm moving guessing on. you hey. didn't make the goal from the halfway line before we before we uh, move on to uh, probably the rugby league se- segment, boxing. Let's talk about boxing. Oh. Some great news that's just happened. Yes, on, Chris, I'll let you announce it. Oh, mate, there's there's a two fight deal signed between Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua. It's the fight that everybody has been screaming for. Yeah. Now, by all accounts, the conversation was well, Fury's got to fight Wilder for their their third fight yet. So, yeah. what does what does you know? Who, who has to win that? What if Wilder wins? It turns out it doesn't really matter about that fight at all. And these two fights with Joshua and Tyson Fury are going to happen. There's, of course, there's still the conversation of where it's going to happen. When will it happen? When will they both happen? But they are set to make between 60 and $70 million each. Wow. Which, um, which, as we know, Tyson Fury's openly spoken about going into retirement a lot sooner rather than later. 
He wants to go in with his wits about him. Anthony Joshua, I don't think he's going to be any different. We've got to an era now where boxers are getting a little bit smarter. You know, Joshua, Tyson Fury, they have the, the yeah. method of hit and don't get hit. You want to keep your bearings about you. You want to enjoy all the millions and all the time you've sacrificed. You want to enjoy it later in life. So it, so it looks like um, this could be the last time you see Fury fight anyway, and potentially maybe even Anthony Joshua. And there's also a conversation that one of these fights may come to Australia, yeah, as well is. as the Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder fight. Is that purely because of the coronavirus stuff? Because we've got such yeah. low numbers over here? Yeah, and the UK has been hit, as we know, very, very hard, sadly. Um, but they're looking the at US. this for next year, aren't they, Chris? Yes, yes. So, but, so but, if they're looking at that for next year, Smith, that means Wilder, Wilder and Fury got a fight, mm-hmm. no matter what, that's yep. that's contractual. So um, when are they talking about that? They're talking about, that was supposed to be due, when was that supposed to be? That was supposed next to be month. May, wasn't it? Yeah. It was supposed to be May. Mm-hmm. And now that'll be pushed back to probably September, October. It's December, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's moving closer to Christmas. They're, they're, I think they're quite unsettled on a date just yet. And there's also talk that um, Anthony Joshua might fight uh, Alexander Olsek, who's best mates with Lomachenko. Yeah. And, and they, they fight a very similar fighting pattern. Um, uh, Usyk moved up from um, light heavyweight to heavyweight. So he's not an overly huge heavyweight in relationship to the Anthony Joshua's of the world and the Deontay Wilders, but he's a classy, classy boxer. He can move around on his feet. He's technical. He's brilliant. His reaction time is second to none. And, and I think he could possibly cause Anthony Joshua on, on boxing ability yeah, alone. And we all know Anthony Joshua's a good boxer, but on boxing ability alone, I think Alexander Yusek could, could really give him some problems. So there's these two big fights before those two even meet. And this, the sad part is that everybody's kind of looking past them already because yeah, this news yeah. has come out. Well, I, well, I, haven't been impre- I, have, I haven't been impressed at all with Anthony, Anthony Joshua at all. Ever? No. In his career? I, well, I, I'm impressed. No, I tell like I've not, since the Ruiz fight, uh, he's definitely, something, something's flicked or something's changed. And I don't know what it is. I think those that can move um, really cause him problems. Those that mm. stand there and slug with him, I think... Um, he, they're suited to Anthony Joshua and he was trying to do a boxing style against Ruiz in the second fight that just did, it just didn't suit him. He did it and he got through it and he, and he ended up winning, but it just didn't suit him. So I think someone who's got the experience who fights with Lemachenko, it's mm. all about movement and transfer of body, mm. I think can cause him some serious problems. And I think that's why Tyson Fury really backed him because he's, he's, he's actually very elegant the way he moves, but he can flick a, he can yeah. flick some decent jabs out and, I just, yeah, listen, I, I think, uh, the, 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 what's his name, Olev? Alexander Usyk. 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 Yeah, I think Usyk could be a problem for him. So it'll be uh, interesting absolutely. to see. But anyway, it'll be good to get it signed and watched. And I think, um, mm. I, I think again, it's uh, two cracking fights that everyone wants to see. Not only that, two British fighters. You're probably the largest British fight um, that's that's been around for a long, long, long time. So mm. it'll be interesting to see how that, that pans out. Who are you, um, who are you backing for the firstly, the... Uh, Deontay Wilder and Fury, and then who would you back against Joshua Fury? Um, I, I think that Fury's got the making of Wilder on every level. I think um, in in the in the first fight he outboxed him for t- eleven rounds, and he, he got knocked down. down he got knocked down twice in round twelve, and I even in despite that I still think he won the fight. Mm. 
I still don't think it was a draw. Even being knocked down twice and being knocked out cold and getting up, I honestly still believed he will not fight. <clears throat> yeah, the second too. one just completely outclassed him. Never mm. gave him that chance. And we all know Deont- we all know Deontay Wilder is a, a fierce puncher. I don't think there's been a heavyweight that's hit as hard as he has. I, I honestly don't. Not even the likes of Mike Tyson and the George Foreman. I don't think they hit as hard as he does. But it's really all he has. So if you can find a way of taking that away from him, which Fury did in fight number two, then he's got really nothing but a lot of frustration and a big right hand that he just can't use. I agree. And in, and in terms of Fury and Joshua, I think that's a lot more complicated than it looks. I, I, I don't think Joshua's going to be a pushover in that. Mm. I think he has the big punching power, but he also has a lot of boxing ability too. He moves extremely well for a big man, as does Tyson Fury. So that's one I would... Honestly, honestly, sit on the fence about. I, I couldn't call a winner there. Yeah, I, I could. I honestly couldn't call a winner. If if you go on the last three flights that each have had, you'd mm-hmm. you'd have to go with Fury. But mm-hmm. I just think there's something in Anthony Joshua that, would, that wouldn't allow him to go down without mm-hmm. a massive fight. Hey guys, what I bring your attention to Ruiz since his second fight, no one's heard of him. But what's he's, he? What's he doing? He's probably uh, eating Snickers somewhere, but. He's actually, um, he he's actually, actually teaching young boxing schools um, in and around Mexico. Oh, is it? No, I don't know. I just made that up. <laughs> Another Sasha exclusive here on the Sport <laughs> Project. The because um, I I actually didn't I actually thought he was quite taster, but he, very taster. He, he, he can fight and throw. He's so quick for his size and he's so deceiving. Yeah. You don't expect yeah. it from him. No, and no. I think um, he would have been. It, do you know what would have been a cracking fight? I think Ruiz versus Dillian White. I think that would have been a cracker. Now, that, that, that's another conversation they're trying to get, but Dillian White is, is avid that he wants, deserves, and he probably does. He's, yeah. his number, he's, he's up there on the challenger list that he wants a world title fight. He doesn't want to fight Andy Ruiz, who has no belts. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. Andy Ruiz had the belts, he would fight him and want to. But he wants to fight Anthony Joshua. He wants to fight Deontay Wilder. And he honestly believes... And he's got a fair call in, in saying it too. He honestly believes that he deserves the chance. And, and his last few fights, he's put the yards in and he's been, yeah, he's, 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 oh, had a, he's had an incredible turnaround from the Dillian White that fought Anthony Joshua a few years back. There's been a big turnaround. Yeah, in definitely. Him. I think, well, the, the, the best opportunity he's got is fighting uh, Wilder after this Tyson Fury Wilder fight. So yeah. um, that's probably the next best opportunity that he's got. There's probably going to be no belt, but it goes up in class. And I think from that, then he can he can actually position himself to fight the winner of Joshua and Fury. Yeah, in between. Well, that, that, I think he, he's got fights. the same he's got the same frustration as a lot of boxers. You don't necessarily know how much time you've got left in your fight, and you don't want to be waiting a year, two years, which is what getting that 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 contest mm. can take. You know yeah, what I mean? You, you don't want to be in the gym for another two years, knowing you've been there for the last six, trying mm. to get or ten or twelve, whatever, knowing mm. that you really deserve this fight. But look, it's, it's, it's great to see again. There's a lot of boxing going on. There's, the heavyweights is, is back, and it's back with a big bang. There's a, a right, right throughout all, all the weights, there's a lot of talk. There's a lot of conversation. Oscar De La Hoya's falling out with Ryan Garcia. Javante Davis. Mike Tyson is still talking about coming back. Javante Davis is ready to fight again. Mikey Garcia wants to go again. Um, so yeah, boxing, we, 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 we could talk about boxing all night long, and, and it would never get old. But we do have to talk to a sport that we're all very, very passionate about. And if we can get any conversation in first before Stasha starts talking about his wonderful roosters, and they are wonderful, 
Like they are wonderful. Then we're doing all right. But what I'm going to do, I'm going to give Bruce you your 42, moment. Six. Sasha, I'm going to give you your moment. Break down the game for us. Righto, this is an exciting time. So Roosters, uh, 42-6 last night, drummed the Bulldogs. They've scored over 100 points in two weeks. Um, Pre-Rona, they weren't great. They lost their first two, but they've just come back with a vengeance, and I just don't see them being beaten. They've got Parramatta this week, I think, yeah. this weekend. Um, but big standouts like James Tedesco comes back, uh, scores a hat-trick, was setting up meat pies. Yeah, I think he had 55,000 offloads. I think that was the official number at the end of the game. Um, Morris Twins just, you know, again, scoring meat pies, chasing people down. They're in fine form. I just, I literally don't see him being beaten. Get around them. I want to be all around them and inside them, hey, just dead set. They're just awesome. <laughs> yeah, they did, I mean, look, they did look very good. The, the Bulldogs look very ordinary, to be honest. Um, and again, they're going to be uh, bottom dwellers for sure. But, you know, I think, don't take anything away from the Roosters, I thought. They were outstanding all the way across the field. And I think Carl Flanagan's doing a really good job to compliment Luke Keary as well. So I, I, I think, think I think that is uh, that's probably the best comment to come out of all of it. I think that mm. that combination of halfbacks, who is still very, very new, has been absolutely phenomenal. Do you know, in your look at the pair of them, there's, they, they, they probably weigh 95 kilos combined. There's nothing to them, but yeah. they never take a back step. They're always moving forward. They're controlling people like they should be 150 kilos each. And, and the kicking game from Kiri was second to none last night. Yeah. It was, it, it, he, he put on an absolute lesson, an absolute lesson for everyone. And it was really interesting hearing James Tedesco speak after the game. They asked him, they said, oh, it, the, the question to him was, is this the best rugby league that you have ever played in your whole life? And he came out and he said, I, I, I think it is. He said, I think this is the best I've ever been. And he said, purely because we've got an incredible foundation with the forwards that are laying. He said, we've got a halfback combination that are getting on so well and know each other inside and out that I really chime in well with Kira, the likes of Kira. And he said, and the rule changes have helped me massively. He said, yeah. they've really suited my type of game. Yeah. You know, you've got one referee, you've got to get back to 10, the set restarts, all, all of the new implications that have come in with the ruling, they're all suiting him down to the ground and... If you look at him right now and you think he still, he still has the potential to get even better, that is a frightening thought for any opposition. That must he's be a frightening quite, thought for him. Well, get any what, um, this? He's quite do, awkward, isn't he? Like when you watch him play, he's not orthodox, but he's just quick. His work ethic's huge. He's Ted, Teddy's, Teddy's got he's a really, the right spot. He's got a really low low knee drive as well like first from a sprinter yeah. how quick he is yeah. you don't realise how quick he is because his knee drives quite low but you you, you look at his social awareness and his uh, physical awareness mm. like I say I, I had him in the World Cup for in 20, 2013 but we had to play him in the centre because obviously Mini was was playing forward but his ability just to make space out of nothing was, was outstanding his footwork and again he's had some consistent seasons now because he had two really bad knee injuries which kind of stopped him a little bit at the Tigers but he's, he's having more consistency now and another another amazing word which is great for all rugby league players is confidence he's mm. absolutely confidence is going through the roof but I, I want to just come back again and talk about Kyle Flanagan because Kyle Flanagan you got to remember he's in a rookie year really last year when he was at the Sharks he only played a handful of games so this is this is his rookie year, and I think he's handling the pressure. I think it helps when you've got such a good, good pack, yeah. and you've got a good nine in Jake Friend and Victor forward. Radley's been amazing. You know, mm. where does it end? The Morris brothers. 
there, there is there is a good when we talk about the Broncos and, and not a lot they've got a lack of experience you, you turn and look to the Roosters and they've got it right they've got a great blend of experience as well as new talent coming through in all mm. the right places and I think that's you, you know competitions aren't won on the first five rounds I can tell you that no. you know the competitions are won towards the back end and through Origin now we haven't got Origin this year so is there going to be more of a dip who knows? Who knows? We don't know. But but like one of the one of the key teams in this league at, at finishing strong and coming with a, a real power is the Melbourne Storm, mm, and yeah. they um, twenty six twelve over the Newcastle Knights on uh, on Saturday. And a, a lot of the teams are doing it quite hard because of COVID and the travel restrictions. A lot of teams are doing it quite hard, and, and it does take a toll on a few people. Um, Central Coast, I think this game was played at, if, yeah. if my memory serves me right. Melbourne Storm had to travel up that morning before the evening game and then travel straight back. Now, that's a luxury that's not usually like that. It, they they'd normally travel up the night before, two nights before, settle in, have a couple of captains run through his training session and then play the following day. So I think it's an absolute credit to the players and the teams and the officials and everybody that's just getting them up there for the same day mm. just so this wonderful game can keep going. Um, and so and, and you know it's it, it's been great. The rabbits got a win. They beat the Titans sixteen ten. The Panthers were pretty disappointed. weren't they giving a ten 0 lead away? Yeah, there's, there's got to be a lot of frustration there. Yeah, they they would be. But I think I think the Panthers though, you know, they're they're going to be there or thereabouts. I think like they've got a good squad there, and they, I think Nathan Cleary. You got to remember, he missed two games. Mm. And he's and he's not hitting his straps yet. Nah, I think he needs to start picking up and start directing the boys a bit better. Yeah, yeah, mm. I I agree with that. I think um, yeah, you know another one that is a bit of a dark horse. We always say it every year, but the Warriors chalk another win. Yeah, you know, and we yeah. talk about halfbacks. I am not joking. I it was the best halfback display I've seen. Talking about Nickarima and and Blake Green, you know. Nick Arima, it's been really tough for him because he was at the Bull, he was at the Broncos. Just never really got the rub of the green, always coming off the bench, never sure where his position was. Was he a hooker? Was he a half? You know, and then he's he's found a little bit of continuity now in in, in at the Warriors. And Blake Green, just wherever he goes, wherever Blake Green goes, he, he's a bit like James Maloney. You know, wherever James Maloney goes, yep. James Maloney always wins a premiership. Well, very similar to Blake Green. Blake Green's an absolute talent. And with the big boppers in the Warriors side, with Adam Blair being there, I can just I can just see something happening there. Whether whether I don't think they'll win a comp, but I think they'll be pretty high in the in the league, and I think they'll definitely make the playoffs. If we go back to the Panthers just quickly. There was a fellow who really impressed me. I don't know his name. In big number eleven for the Panthers, he had the um, kick-out. dyed hair on top. Believe me, Kickow. Big mm. year. That's him. Yeah. It was impressive, yeah. hey. He was just running some good lines. Yeah, he dropped he's had, the ball a he's couple, had a couple of, of good years, mate. He's had a couple but, of good years, and he's a very he, he he's on that edge, and he's very very hard to stop, and very powerful, and he's always got an arm free. He's he's a bit of a nuisance, yeah. really, and yeah, um, good with offloads. Yeah, and, he, he's had a couple. He's had a couple of wins, but what about the Eels again? Chugging on with another solid display, and um, mm. yeah, you know they, they they look very they've again consistent there. Is the yeah. word, isn't it, in rugby league? And they they look like a very consistent side. I think uh, Mitchell Moses looks very very um, complete. Very composed. He's pretty complete, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's very very composed. It's ab- yeah. I mean, the problem we've got now we've had a cracking week that's just gone by. The, the next week's rounds, the, the Panthers. Um, sorry, the Panthers they pick up the storm and. 
Do you want me to go through it? The eels. No, no, no. We've, we've got the eels that are going to take on the roosters. Now, the eels can't afford to give the roosters a start because yeah. we've seen how clinical they are and how passionate they are still defending their goal line, even at 59 points up against mm-hmm. the Broncos. They still refuse to let the Broncos score. So you can't be giving, like, you can't be giving away starts like that. Um, Tigers and the Cowboys. Uh, Cowboys have just really Tigers. struggling through again. The Titans and the Dragons. It, it's pretty hard. I, th- I think, the, I think one, of the, one of the games of the round this coming week is for me is going to be the Bunnies and the Warriors well I've said that. yeah I've, I've actually flagged that yeah. mm. I think I think it's about two sides that are, are not consistent but what can um, really play yeah when yeah yeah I still think they can really play I still think they're, they're both a lot short from where they need to be but, I, but I'm with you I think that's going to be a cracking game I think it's a game that they both would want to win I know it's an old cliche that but I think it's one of them that they they want to try and stitch a number of games now consistently together to win. Um, and I think the, the Roosters versus the Eels, that's a cracker, as you said. And, and yeah. the Ra- Raiders versus Manly. Raiders yeah, versus yeah. Manly is going to Ma- be a cracker. Manly, Manly are another team that are giving, uh, giving uh, oppositions a start and, and they can't be doing that. And, you know, the, the, the Travoyevich boys are in incredible form. Daily Cherry Evans is, is dictating games around again. And, you know, it's, it, it's great to see them back up there, you know, where, where I believe they should be. But they are... They are falling to the sword of teams early on and having to drag it back and there's a yeah. couple of really clinical teams out there that you just can't do that against no no definitely Melbourne not Melbourne Storm will be one Roosters will be another you, you, well, when you come up to that kind of class and you just can't give them a start no well one thing again there's another derby there was a Southern derby, derby last week with the Dragons uh, versus the Sharks and there's another one uh, well kind of Sharks versus the Bulldogs now the Bulldogs um, they've signed a, a young prop who's won uh, Prop of the Year in the Super League for the last two years, called Luke Thompson. Well, he's here, isn't he? He's in in Australia at the moment. Yeah, he's in in Australia. He's in quarantine. So he's got to do 14-day quarantine. And in his suite, it's reported that he's got a full full suite of a gym suite, like on a cardio setup. Are you all right there, Sasha? You're on holiday. (laughs) Sorry, guys. I just, while you were talking, I just ducked down the pier just to have a quick swim, so... So Luke Thompson, he signed, uh, he signed a three years with the Doggies in St. Helens. I've, I've released him uh, a little bit earlier than, than they should. But listen, I'm telling you now, this, this lad's been the best prop and he's, um, he's, unusual, he's an unusual shape for a prop. Very lean, very slim, but gets through some serious work. Got a great work ethic on him, very strong. Um, I think he's going to be outstanding in the NRL. Unfortunately, when he, when he played for Great Britain, he actually got injured in the first 10 minutes. Because I was oh. like, this lads, this is where I, I can't wait to see him. And he got injured in the first 10 minutes. He did a rib cartilage and, and he'd never played again. So, uh, well, fingers, never crossed really there's a, fingers crossed there's another Pommy lad that's a surprise, like George Williams has been for the Aussies. And no, he's really impressed. But gentlemen, I think we could give it a wrap there. Judging by Sasha's antics, he's, uh, he's, he's obviously it's elsewhere cool. and his mind's not really here. We haven't touched on the AFL, but that is up and running again. We'll give that a week to get into full swing and then we'll come back. But uh, guys, thank you so much. Get around us. You can follow us on on Spotify, on, on podcast all shows, podcast on all these other things, yeah. and Instagram and all of that. Carry on. Yeah, iTunes. the Sport Project Podcast. That's the handle for the Instagram. So make sure you do come in and search for us. And also, vodcast on Epicenter. So we are. This video will be up on Epicenter, and uh, we'll promote it, uh, especially nah. with Sasha uh, in the pit. In the beach. What an idiot! Well, gentlemen, that does leave us one last thing to say. Thank you for your time, everyone. Thank you for listening, and we will.
See, See you, you next, next Tuesday. Tuesday.